0: Hey y'all, Bina 007 here for a very quick review of two movies today at the London Film Festival, both very female-centric. The first is Terence Davis's A Quiet Passion, which is an unconventional biopic of the legendary US poet Emily Dickinson and the second is Kelly Reichardt's movie Certain Women, which is a portmanteau film, both of which are playing in the London Film Festival as part of the official competition, and both of which are exceptionally good films featuring very strong central performances. So to begin with a quiet passion, um, definitely one for Emily Dickinson fans, which I think is pretty much most girls have their Sylvia Plath and Emily Dickinson faces, right? But aside from that, it's just a beautiful portrait, regardless of the poetry, of a woman who is very strong, very morally and intellectually independent, and yet is desperately lonely. And it reminded me a little bit of the film Christine, uh, with Rebecca Hall playing the journalist who committed suicide live on air, because both Emily Dickinson and Christine Chubbock are women who are simultaneously lonely and desperate for male attention in particular, but when someone reaches out to them, they kind of freeze up and get defensive because they're almost afraid of what happens when that love is rescinded. And of course, the difference is, is that Christine Chubbuck sadly couldn't somehow cope with that depression and fear. Whereas Emily Dickinson struggled and oh, although she retreated further into her, literally her bedroom of claustrophobia, and illness and and just retreated in a sense from life. She never gave up and she always had this spiritual struggle. And it's that that Terence Davis, the director focuses on in his film. The opening scene in this film is of Emily Dickinson Young played um, by an actress other than Cynthia Nixon who plays the adult Emily Dickinson in boarding school. And she's got this absolutely appalling, smug sort of dogmatic religious teacher who asks all the girls if they want to be saved and puts them on the right and left of the room, depending on whether they do or don't. And Emily Dickinson stays in the middle because she just she feels that she has a personal, spiritual struggle. She is convinced that she has a soul, that it's of value, and that she needs to be, in her own words, meticulous in, in, in what she does with her soul. And yet she doesn't really... I don't know she doesn't find organized religion appealing she doesn't want to go to church she doesn't want to sort of follow the sermons of the average preacher and this of course in a time of of a Christian revival in Amherst and the wider sort of New England area where she's living so this is very unconventional. I think one of the beautiful things about this film however is that it shows how amazing her family is and how unconventional her father was. Her father was a lawyer and he fully supported his daughter's education. He fully supported his children being witty and being unconventional and defended them against the more sort of prurient parochial members of their extended family. But ultimately, even as much as this family was close and loving, um, the constraints of being a woman in Victorian society were heavy upon Emily Dickinson. She felt very keenly that her life wasn't hers to live in the way she chose. She felt very keenly the spiritual battle. But also as she got older, she felt bitterness, the conventional bitterness of an artist who knows her talented and yet their work hasn't been published. Very few of her poems were published in life and one of the, the funnier but more poignant scenes is when she meets the editor who has altered her grammar and her, and her words. And She's incredibly angry. So this is a desperately sad film, very melancholy. Um, not all the way through actually, the first ho- first ho- hour or so is actually very funny because it's the, the children younger being smart, witty, funny. But as, as Emily Dickinson gets older and more bitter and more closed off, it does become very dark indeed. And I have to say, this is like an amazing performance by Cynthia Nixon, who most of us will only know from Sex and the City. Or perhaps her tiny, tiny cameo in Amadeus in the early 80s as the maid, the treacherous maid. Um, It makes me sad that I haven't seen her in more art house films that give her real scope to show her talent. I really hope this is the start of a new trend, but her central performance is so authentic and, and it's heartbreaking. And I'm going to use that word a lot today, but it is, it's absolutely heartbreaking and makes this film worth seeing for that alone. Let alone Terence Davis's beautiful production design, costumes, wallpapers, gardens. I mean, this is a film by a director who truly has an empathy for the main character and for her spiritual struggles, but also has an aesthetic sympathy for the times in which she lived. And it all comes together in this beautiful, wonderful whole. So I can thoroughly, thoroughly recommend A Quiet Passion. The movie has a running time of 125 minutes. It played Berlin, Toronto and London and opened earlier this month in Spain. It opens in the UK on November 18th. I'm not sure if it has a US release date yet but please keep an eye out for it because it's truly worth seeing on the big screen where you can really enjoy his beautiful cinematography. Okay, so the next film of today is Certain Women by Kelly Reichardt. who returns to the festival, I think the fifth film the directors had in the festival, also in competition. And as I said before, this is a portmanteau film uh, that focuses on three stories of three women. It's set in Montana, so beautifully photographed landscape. I somehow feel that Kelly Reichard just photographs landscapes so beautifully. Um, so all three women are very strong. They have a certain degree of material success in their lives. And... The film is essentially about how each of them has a failure to communicate with the people with whom they live, the people around them. And what's even more heartbreaking, a sort of lack of self-awareness regarding this failure. Like the people around them know that something's not right with these relationships, but they don't. So they're sort of trapped in their success in this sort of unknowing, uncaring world, which makes them sound quite harsh, but it's its not. It's just, it really is a sort of a lack of empathy at a very basic level. So in the first story, we have Laura Dern, and she plays a small town lawyer who, she has a client who just won't listen to her advice that he doesn't have a case. And this frustrates her. He, She thinks he doesn't listen to her because she's a woman and he can't take bad news from a woman. But actually it's more that he's desperate. He's lost his livelihood in a workplace accident. He hasn't had compensation. His wife's leaving him. And he's just absolutely at, on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And when he like freaks out in her car, she's just more keen to sort of kick him out of the car and keep her life neat and tidy. And um, is just blind to the fact that this guy's really hurting and in pain. So it's it's heartbreaking. It's, it's Jared Harris plays plays the worker. And you just see this woman who effectively is unfeeling but thinks she's a good person and, and tries to do right by him actually I mean it's not that she's a bad person but it just shows how two people can just be working at such odds against each other the second story features Michelle Williams who we've seen earlier in the festival in Manchester by the Sea and she plays a, another successful career woman um, she's building a summer house in the country in Montana and she has a husband and a daughter And it becomes apparent that the husband, played by James LaGrosse, probably works for her. The daughter's utterly alienated for her in classic teenager. I've got my uh, headphones on and I really don't quite care what you're doing. But the woman is dead set on building this absolutely perfect summer house. And she goes to see an old man who lives in Montana near her land called Albert, played by rene Aubergenois. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Because she wants to buy some reclaimed sandstone from him because she wants her house to be authentic, she wants the materials to be authentic, in you know, sort of classic, successful, hipster style. But the irony is, is that she's not actually interested in the authenticity of his story and of the tales he tells about what the sandstone was used for. He doesn't even really know if he wants to sell, or certainly doesn't want to put a price on it. You know he's he's flummoxed by her question of what is the value of the sandstone because she's thinking you know what do i do do i pay you a couple of thousand bucks and he's thinking the value of it is that it was used to build an old schoolhouse and it's it's part of the landscape it's part of the history of this place so this poor woman is just talking at complete cross purposes both with poor albert whose rambling old tales she tolerates because she needs something from him and she's also utterly disconnected from her husband and daughter, probably doesn't really realise the true extent of that. And yet, you know, by the end of her little, her little story, we see her smugly smiling at the building site in her newly acquired sandstone. So, again, it's not just the fact that she has so little empathy, it's the fact that she's, she's totally not self-aware of, of how detached she is from the people around her. But the real jewel in the crown of this triptych is the final story, which stars Kristen Stewart, again in the festival Impersonal Shopper, who plays a young lawyer. She's just out of law school, was paranoid about getting law school debt and not finding a job. So she's taken on this nine-week teaching course in a real kind of bumblefuck village in the middle of nowhere. That means she has this horror show commute from her proper day job as a lawyer. And in doing this, she kind of meets a girl who has stumbled into her classroom who is a ranch hand almost entirely silent but who evidently develops this kind of crush obsession with the lawyer perhaps just because it's the first person she's seen who's from out of town and who's kind of faintly exotic and so over a few evenings they go to the diner together the lawyer to eat a quick meal before she hits the road again And it becomes clear that although it looks from the outside like they're having a conversation, they really aren't. The lawyer is so absorbed in her job and her fears of failure and her social mobility. She just needs a warm body sitting opposite her to make her feel like she can have a conversation and express these thoughts. She doesn't, I mean, she occasionally asks a polite question about what the other person's feeling, but it really isn't in order to find out the answer, which is tragic because, you know, the ranch hand clearly is very much thinking she's kind of falling in love with this woman. And so this is the the final wonder of this film, is that you've got all these great female actresses, Laura Dern, Michelle Williams, Kristen Stewart, and yet the one who absolutely steals every scene she's in is an actress called Lily Gladstone, who I hadn't heard of before, but... I think this is maybe one of her first major features and um, she is amazing as this sort of strong, silent type woman and it makes the scenes with Kristen Stewart absolutely incredible and powerful. So I really hope to see her in more stuff. So overall then, Certain Women, a tragic film, a melancholic, haunting movie about missed opportunities, a failure to communicate that works in such a quiet, slow-paced, slow-build-up manner, you almost don't realise you're about to have the emotional rug pulled from under your feet. It really is a triumph. And actually, probably, oh not that you want to judge these things, but I I think it probably is the better film than A Quiet fashion, but they're both exceptionally good films um, and worth checking out. So Certain Women has a running time of 107 minutes and is rated R. The movie played Sundance Toronto and London 2016 and will be released in the USA on October 14th. Definitely worth checking out. Nonetheless, as ever, whatever you watch at the cinema this weekend, I hope you have fun. Thank you for listening.